Great, okay. We're off. Hello and welcome to the first ever recording of the EG Way podcast. We're broadcasting here live from EG's groovy offices in Ipswich. If you're seeing this on a video clip on the uh, one of our social media feeds, uh, if everyone could just turn and wave at the camera. Hey, hi, how you doing? Hello. Um, obviously, if you're listening to it on the podcast, that'll mean nothing to you. So instead, we're going to introduce Justin Granger, our CFO. Good morning. And uh, Chris Pont, who's CEO. Good morning. And Alan Jackson, COO. Hello, everyone. My name's Andrew Walker. I'm uh, helping out today. I'm an old friend of EG. I basically come here for the coffee. That's just so you know. Now you know the truth. This is your fifth anniversary year here at EG. It's spelt I-J-Y-I. It's not an easy name to pronounce. I wanted to know, what's the story behind the name? Well, it's it's usually the first question people ask when they come through the door. Um, And so so our name, um, it was actually a purchase brand, but we we liked the word because um, what we were trying to do was was be an example of how software delivery should work. We'd, We'd come from a consultancy background and so, um, you know, we've, we've seen in many cases things done the wrong way. Um, and, and so EG really was a, a, a sort of twist on, on the um, abbreviation EG, which is Latin for example. We wanted to be an example of how software delivery should work. Did you expect to be here five years down the line? What did you think was going to happen? Has, has, the, has the future panned out as expected? Hey, it's been a m- much much more different ride than we expected. Um, I think we'd already, always in- anticipated to be here in five years' time, in ten years' time, in twenty years' time. But um, you know how that was going to go. We we didn't really have many expectations. Really, we we sort of jumped in feet first and um, and hope for the best in in many cases. EG is all about agile methodologies, um, and I'm I'm going to ask Alan. You're the chief operating officer. I'm going to ask you this question. Okay, because everyone's all about agile. I hear agile all the time. I got an agile coffee this morning <laughs> in Starbucks, just 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 <laughs> round the corner. Um, what what is agile all about? What does it mean here at EG? I mean, agile is a method of doing something. It isn't something in itself. So, um, agile enables us to deliver a software effectively, um, but. We use, hopefully use agile methodologies, particularly Scrum or our derivation of Scrum for what it was intended for. It's not intended to manage the whole project life cycle. It's not intended to do everything up and down the whole process of building software. It's a, it's a method for the team and uh, the customer to use to work in a way which maximizes the amount of value that you can possibly deliver for your scope, uh, for your budget and for your, um, your time constraints. So, you know, focuses on flexing the scope and keeping the budget and the time exactly where it should be, which is where you expect it to be. Um, so we, we use, you know, the elements of Scrum, I believe, for the right reasons. We don't try and morph them into something more than they are. Um, and then we wrap it up in more traditional project management methods because clients, big and small, like the assurance of a risk log. They like the visibility that somebody's in control and Agile has a uh, probably an unwarranted reputation for sort of having a slight lack of control around it. Um, so we, we, you know, we wrap it up on things that make people feel comfortable about what we're doing 
and um, speak to the more senior roles in our clients' organisations at board levels and things like that. And we leave the devs and the product owner and the people on the ground to take advantage of the agile method to get what they want out of the software. For two years running now, um, I'm looking at my notes here, Institute of Project Management in the US has reported that even within organisations who've really embraced agile development, um, most agile projects deliver, this is an amazing statistic, between 50 and 60% on average over the, the couple of years, most agile projects come in either late or over budget. Now, the reason I raise this is because you, for the last two years, I'm going to say it now, I know I shouldn't have jinxed it, <laughs> but for the last two years, EG has prided itself on delivering everything on time and within budget. So I'm going to ask, okay, how is it that you do it when most of the industry, according to this, these, these surveys, is doing it wrong? Um, well, firstly, everyone loves to be corrected, right? So the, um, the, st the stat is for IT projects generally. So I believe it includes waterfall-style traditional projects as, as well as agile-specific um, deliveries. I don't know what the stats are on agile deliveries, but I think the, the key for us over the last two years and the thing that I've seen us do differently compared to other suppliers, say working on the same program for a bigger customer, is just the level of um, transparency and honesty that we bring to the process. So if we, if we see a problem um, with the software during, um, during the process of delivering it, specifying it, writing the contract, whatever, we, we will say something. And I watch other suppliers that we've been um, engaged right next to doing the same bit of work not do the same thing. And they won't have the difficult conversation when it needs to be had. They will wait until it becomes an actual problem rather than just a, a thought or a, a warning. You know, it's the, it's the difference between dealing with risks and dealing with issues. Um, we prefer to have lots of small conversations about potential risk, potential pain points, how we've seen this cause trouble in the, few, you know, in the past um, and deal with them at that point than wait for it to blow up and then have the conversation. Um, so we try and head things off at the, um, at the earliest possible opportunity without worrying about whether we look bad or whether it's our fault or whether it's the customer's fault. It's not relevant. The, the project is what's important and the delivery is what's important. Now this is interesting because this goes back really to the first principles of the, the Agile Manifesto. Isn't it the first one, in fact, is yeah. valuing individuals and relationships over contracts is that right yeah. yeah and i think that's that's often where um you know our, our clients you know, get a little bit overwhelmed when they first start working with us because we need that collaboration we need that that communication to happen um and i think we, we even write into our contracts that you know we need to have a product owner assigned somebody who can head up the product be the single point of contact and can have those discussions with us you know it's 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 bespoke software development so you know it, there's there's going to be a lot of unknowns there and and really you know we need to be in in partnership to deal with those issues deal with those risks and and, and help design a great working piece of software the other i mean the other element that's on that manifesto is courage and i think um that's something that we've we work on we like our developers to front up personally to the customer talk about problems talk about issues and take ownership of resolving them and also you know the project management side of things um there is no fear in saying 
something's gone wrong here and there's no fear in saying it's our fault and then asking for help and you know the sooner you do that in any walk of life with any problem the quicker the problem gets resolved right and um, projects run late and um, go over budget because the problems are not solved quickly they are left to grow and fester yeah and I, I think it's it's about generating that culture it's making sure that we're not we, we don't breed a, a culture of fear here we're not blaming people all the time for any mistakes that are made uh, and what that means is that our, our developers our, our staff you know they're able to be more honest with us about project progress uh, they're able to experiment if they think something is 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 likely to have a good effect on the delivery then you know they're able to to make adjustments and try that out and, and we're not going to blame them for experimenting as long as you know that they're honest with us about the outcomes Google did a study, didn't they, was it two years ago, about psychological safety hmm. uh, in workplaces. And that's not psychological safety and you're obviously you're not frightened of being you know, robbed at your desk. Um, <laughs> Justin, no. <that's, laughs> we all borrow his marker pens. No, uh, it's psychological safety insofar as being able to put your hand up and say, actually, this has gone wrong and yeah. that not be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, so so you know, being able to um, to do that means that you know, yeah, our developers are able to to experiment. They're able to try things out. They're they're able to try new things. And yeah, you know, we we run regular retrospectives. It's part of the uh, the Scrum process. At the end of every sprint, we run a retro and we say, how did that go? Is there anything we could do better? Anything that's worked particularly well that we think can um, you know, continue to work throughout the delivery um, and that has some great benefits to, to how we work here. I would say it actually comes right back to the recruitment process and our recruitment process is quite novel um, in that we, we actually have the staff a part of that recruitment process, the staff have to approve a new member of staff themselves and in the interview they'll get asked some very strange questions like what weird are you going to bring to this organisation so they know from the very start that we want them to be brave. We want them to be different. I think it's it's important to say at this point that you know we're obviously at risk of sounding like some kind of um, hippie development commune here. And <laughs> you know, as as COO, um, there is a reality to what we do. So all of this is there as a cultural influence, but the the big driver is delivery. So yeah. everybody out there knows that they have to be self-critical and they have to work together and they have to improve at every point. Every project we do in bespoke software is slightly different, so there's always a need to, to sort of, you know, to question the um, sort of that's what we always do or that's what we did last time paradigm. And the guys are self-critical, but they've done it. It's done with a, a single focus and a single goal, which is um, delivering the best software we can for, you know, you know the time and budget we've, we've been given. Um, it's, it's not a... It's not a loving. <laughs> and, and yeah, ev everything we focus on really is about delivering value to the customer. If we're doing something that um, isn't delivering value, if it's getting in the way, then we should really be questioning whether or not we should be doing it. Now, this is a perfect time to bring in John Nicholson, uh, Chief Technical Officer here at EG and co-founder uh, <laughs> from back in the day, um, which does imply you're a, a lot older than you look. Thank you. Uh, I would say that. I'd like it does to look quite old. Yeah, <laughs> quite old. So, um, Justin, well, this is a working day here at EG. Justin, uh, the Chief Financial Officer, had to go, and John has come in. Also, we've only got four mics rigged up, so that's just that's the way it is. Everyone's seen that already on the camera. Wave to the camera, John. If you're Wait. listening on the mm -hmm. podcast, we've all just waved 
to the camera again, which was very exciting. John, sure. um, you've had a big role in obviously shaping EG's sort of outlook towards tech and agility and the way it works. And we've just been discuss- discussing this idea that um, actually by doing sprints, by you know reviewing every couple of weeks in a sprint cycle, the software develops much more organically. Um, and of course, you're also bringing into... Uh, that situation, a sort of move towards consulting with clients and helping clients move over to DevOps. So although obviously we're not all snowboarding hippies, uh, if if only, if only I could still get on a snowboard, (laughs) there is a lot of cultural shift sort of work that goes on here with your clients, presumably. Yeah, there's a large cultural shift that we try and enable. Generally speaking, um, the larger organizations we work with have quite a dysfunctional relationship between the business and IT. Often that's been brought about over the years by broken promises or uh, a perception that, that they can't keep the lights on. Um, and we tend to work quite closely, both with the operations teams, the development teams, but with the business to bring them together and get them talking the same language Um, but also focusing on what's important to the business. Um, We have this strange um, dichotomy around what happens within IT. One department is tasked with literally keeping the lights on. It must never turn off. The other portion of it is tasked with, you must give us the latest and greatest and newest change. Um, And there's an awful lot of friction that's caused in there. Not not dissimilar to an innovation director and a finance director in terms of one constantly wants to spend the other has to keep control Um, and we try and facilitate that communication and enable them to see that change is good for stability from one side of it but also that uncontrolled change is really bad for getting innovation in so we try and bring some control and some process around that and some of that is technology some of its automation but a lot of the time actually it's around the people and um, facilitating conversations at a regular basis we work in Scrum for that um, key reason. It, it facilitates conversations. It's not the be-all and end-all. It's a regular point of communication that gives time boxes, that gives ways of communicating and facilitating planning. Now, this is one of the interesting things about... I'm going to use, I'm afraid, buzz jargon comes out now. <laughs> digital transformation. We hear it a lot, digital transformation. And... It often sounds like a huge change, like, you know, you go from being a caterpillar into this chrysalis and then you come out with a mobile app and, you know, a funky new web app and you're this sort of digitally transformed butterfly. But in fact, what's happening in, in the software industry is it's not like that at all. We're actually, transformation really talks about the iterative release of new code to sort of control that flow of change so it doesn't destabilize the sort of core business. But it also doesn't mean that every three years you've got to spend half a million dollars on a whole new system from a big supplier like people used to 10 years ago, right? Absolutely. I I would like to say that we're in a world where IT is cutting the way and software development is doing amazing new things around continual improvement. The reality is as a portion of the industry, we've been quite late to the show. So Agile, as as amazing as it is and as it's transformed business, if we look at the 
quality programs that came in in manufacturing in the 70s and 80s and 90s, it's just an extension of those same things. Um, continual improvement is something that's been a, a key tenant of business and successful business for decades now. Yeah. All we're doing um, when we're talking about it from a digital transformation or from a uh, delivery perspective is applying it to that specific problem. We know we can't change a business overnight. The same applies to IT systems. You can't change the entire system overnight. When you do, things go wrong. We can see that in many, many public failures right now. Um, what we try and do is instill that concept of small, incremental, manageable, low risk change. It, 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 because the more changes you introduce and the more con confident you come in the process of change, the less risk is involved. Yeah, I think it's very much evolution over revolution. So, you know, that small continual change. Get good at rolling those changes out. Practice putting those changes out. Uh, and then it doesn't come as, as much of a shock when, when it actually happens. If you could go back, uh, and this is really for, for Chris and uh, John as sort of the co-founders here if you could go back to yourselves five years ago this very month uh, what would be the advice you would give to yourselves about running this company about where tech was going I think from my perspective um, and it's not just relating to tech really it's don't be so hard on yourself um, you know you, it's a bumpy ride as a startup you know you have to go through through those peaks and troughs um, and, and it's very, very easy to uh, do a bit too much self-analysis and, um, and and yeah, blame yourself for for some of those mistakes. But they're all they're all learning opportunities. So, you know, it's it's important to go through that journey. If we'd have just gone from from the bottom to the top overnight, I don't think would have taken those learnings, and uh, we wouldn't be as good as what we do now um, in, in the process. Were you agile? in the way you approach the business. Now that's a that's a tricky one. Can you tell? Yeah, I think so. We we've we've never seen ourselves as experts in any of this. Um so I think we we've always been open to to that inspect and adapt. It, it it's it's been taken those agile concepts and we're always looking at new ways of doing things, new ways of approaching things, new ways of um mentoring staff for example. So you know, we we run a lot of coaching sessions with our staff now. Uh, we've we've adapted how we run pay review structures, so taking the performance review um, and and the pay review, separating those so that you know they're not in, intrinsically linked. Um, we've we've taken different approaches to how we work as a management team. So it's it's all very much been um, you know inspect and adapt, work out what's not working and change it. John, what would you go back five years? What advice would you give to young John back then? Would he still be young, John? Anything? No, youngish. <laughs> youngish. I'm, I'm definitely younger than you, Chris. <laughs> no. Um, I, yeah, we've definitely gone through this journey of inspect and adapt. So in that sense, I wouldn't um, change what we've done there. But we, we've developed not just as an organization, but individually as managers and leaders, we've changed our approach over that time. And it's made us... Uh, for better or worse, the organization that we are now. And I don't think we're in a bad place. 
Um, I think there are bits around our journey, early journey in business development where the, the key thing I would go back to both of us and say is stick to your core. We we took a journey as a startup. Every Every small business does this where we take on everything you can and then you start to come back to what you started out to do. Um, we there there were points where we clearly went beyond what we should have, and it's in hindsight it's very easy to identify those, but it's something that we we've learned over time to do. Yeah, I think you know, as, as company owners, we have to wear many different different hats, and I think um, yeah, potentially earlier on in the journey we could have identified where we were uh, overstepping our marks and and where we needed to hire specific roles um, to do those those tasks people who were potentially were a lot better at at that particular role than we were now it's interesting that's probably the point where i should bring alan in because (laughs) no you're chief operating officer um five years ago what advice would you have given yourself and did you see yourself were you in a big corporate did you see yourself working in a groovy startup um, yeah, so five years ago I was working um, for a FTSE 100 company, we'll just call them, I'm going to name names. Uh, it was my third in a row, um, actually fourth, so straight out of university that was my background, that's all I'd done. And five years ago I was still learning um, how to deliver software, quite frankly, but I, I got to a point um, for three and a half years ago where I was completely disillusioned, probably for the same reasons John and Chris were with how that was done and the process was done and the customers we were working for and I, I was crying out for something different. And um, EG, uh, EG gave me that opportunity. It was going from working, managing a, a budget of four and a half million quid in a team of 45 people and the next week I was managing a budget of 35 grand and two people <laughs> and thinking, well, this is going to be easy, um, but actually, no. <laughs> there's, um, th- there's challenges in delivering software, whether it's big or small, but I just enjoyed the challenges and the attitude to those challenges a lot more at EG than I ever had in my previous companies. It's a, an element of being able to deter- determine your own um, destiny, uh, you know, being able to make decisions that affect your day-to-day um, working and also affects you know what your future looks like as well uh, as opposed to it being in a big company where you you can really only change where you put the stapler on your desk so tying that up that is um been uh, the eg way coming to you live and direct from ipswich and uh, from eg's uh shiny glass walled office building here if you don't believe us and you think it's a shoe cupboard, no, look at the uh, social media feeds and see us on Twitter, at EG Limited. Uh, I realise saying that now, that's not easy to spell. So that's I-J-Y-I-L-T-D. I mean, you knew what the L-T-D was, sorry. <laughs> okay, just the EG, remember, because everything we do is a great example. And we'll see you next time on the EG Way. Thank you. Thank you.